Hi everyone, Paul Ward here and welcome to another edition of Farm Talk. We are very excited today because we have Chris Sobinus from Rancho Rio Vista near Ojai, California. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So Chris, you are a horse trainer, but not just a everyday horse trainer. You, you practice a specific discipline. Uh, what type of horse training do you do? You do? Um, well, I, I teach uh, horsemanship. Uh, mm -hmm. Some people would like to call it natural horsemanship. That's a term that we've heard quite a lot in um, this style of riding. But, um, you know, there's really nothing natural about riding a horse. Um, but the term kind of came into, into play um, so that it, people could try and figure out what, what it is, what it means to ride in this style. Mm -hmm. But um, so when you think about trying to get on a horse, it's, um, it's, not, it's not real natural to crawl up onto a, a, you know, strap a saddle on and crawl up onto a, a horse and ride. It's not something that the horse would um, naturally choose, mm -hmm. but we want to do it. And so we want to make it uh, easy for the horses to uh, carry us. So, so when I think about natural horsemanship, I think about uh, riding the horse in a way that allows the horse to react uh, in, in as natural a way as possible for that horse mm -hmm. while you are riding. So that's where that discipline uh, name came in, natural horsemanship. So, um, but and that's what I teach. I, mm -hmm. I teach a style of riding that incorporates um, some balance and some timing and some feel of the horse that really incorporates the horse's natural instincts into how you are riding and how you are asking that horse to do something for you. Okay, and the movie The Horse Whisperer, everybody's heard of the movie, I mean, five-star movie, mm -hmm. um, you're not whispering to the horse. No, it? no, not in a, um, you know, in the ear type of way, but the horse, um, you know, they can tell a lot about you from a very far distance. So mm. they can uh, understand your body language and your intention before you even really touch them. So the whispering is more of a um, kind of a mental thing, more of a um, connection thing um, between you and the horse that people would say, you know, is a, is a whisper uh, because you're not really you're not really saying anything. It's just how you are interacting with that with that horse, just from your your presence with the horse. Interesting. And different horses have different personalities. Is that is Absolutely. that true? Yeah. They're not they're not all the same. Right. Yeah. Um, we have 17 horses on the ranch right now, and and every one of them has just a little bit different way of interacting with humans or uh, with riders or people handling them onto the ground or um, how you ride them depends on their personality and uh, some are very willing and interested and eager to to have um, you know an interaction with a with a with a trainer or a rider and some are not so um, those are the ones that are a little more difficult and they might have a little bit more of a um, uh, an interest in kind of telling you what they think about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh -huh. so that's where, you know, the, the, the style of riding works best, you know, when you have all the personalities and, and it doesn't really matter, uh, you know, how they wake up that day. We just get them out and work with what we have that, that day. Gotcha. And now does the horse, when you're training a horse, does the horse kind of speak to you? Does it say, 
I'm willing to do this or I'm not willing to do this or yeah. you, you can't force me to do this if I don't want to. How does that Absolutely. How does that work? Yeah. So <laughs> horses have very subtle body language and you have to know how to read it and how to feel it. And uh, they don't, you know, wag their tail like a dog or, or smile like a human or, or look at you in the eyes in a certain way. They just have a very, they'll have a, a, a subtleness where maybe they flatten their head or they cock their ear or their attention comes up or you feel a little energy underneath their, the saddle. And that's when you know that, that you have to, that they're communicating to you, I'm uncomfortable about something that's happening. Mm -hmm. And then you have to react in a way that helps them uh, uh, get past that reaction. So because for horses it's life and death, mm -hmm. it's black and white. There's no, um, yeah, maybe I'll go over there if I, if you want me to. They, they, if they're afraid of something or they have told you that there's something that is uh, uncomfortable to them, you have to respond in a way that helps them through it and doesn't force them through it. Interesting. So you're, that's their communication. So you're building trust with that animal to train them to do what you want them to do but then they also have to want to do it right yes and and you know you you want your horses to be invested in what you're doing mm -hmm. and interested in what you're doing um, but they aren't always and mm -hmm. they do need to be obedient they mm -hmm. need to listen to you and mm -hmm. you need to be assertive enough and a, a good enough leader that they say I'll follow you because mm -hmm. you've been right by me this whole time mm -hmm. so Sometimes you, we come across horses that have not had a very good experience with people and uh, they, are, they, would, they want a ton of takeover. Mm -hmm. And that's their language of letting you know, my experience has not been good and so with a human. So you have to be the one that turns the tables and, uh, and lets them follow me or their rider as a trainer and not take over and, and uh, you know, get, the, get the rider into a bad situation. Interesting. So if a horse has been abused or had some kind of traumatic traumatic event, mm -hmm. then there'd be a time period that would to build that trust back before right. you could really train it going right. forward. Yeah, absolutely. It, and it could be not even um, just abuse, but neglect. Mm. Even neglect will change a horse's attitude towards somebody that is going <clears> to <throat> um, handle them. So it's just sitting in a pasture for days without any other horse contact or other human contact. Right. Yeah, mm. that happens a lot when people isolate a horse, and, mm -hmm. um, and then the horse reacts by having, um, uh, you know, maybe they start to bite or they start to be aggressive towards the, the person that's coming in to handle them. So um, uh, that's where, you know, we would come in and try and help that horse regain its um, natural instincts and become more of a, of a, a partner mm -hmm. and less of, a, of an indi individual. Interesting. Now, does the horse enjoy what it's doing? I mean, you're, you're training a horse to do some quote-unquote unnatural acts, I mean, impressive stuff, you know, riding in parades and prancing and jumping over, you know, fences and all kinds of different disciplines. Mm -hmm. do, do horses, can you tell when the horse is having fun? Absolutely, you yeah. Can. Yeah, so if you are, um, if you are a rider that really considers the horse and and has good timing and asks the horse to do things in a way that's very easy for them then the horses really enjoy that activity they look forward to coming out of their uh, pasture or their paddock um, it's the times when you have horses that are 
um, maybe forced to do something where you see, you know, the um, the body language change or the aggressive behavior. So, mm -hmm. and that's just their way of letting you know that that they don't enjoy what they're doing. Not to say that they couldn't later enjoy that same activity. It just has to be approached in a way that is easier for them. Gotcha. And horse training has changed over generations, hasn't it? I mean, kind of old school thinking was kind of. I'm going to force you, you know, horse, to do what I want you to do because I'm your master. Yes. And now it's kind of more a collaboration between you and the and the animal, isn't right. it? To, to a degree, yeah. I mean, it still is, um, you know, kind of a dictatorship on some level because yeah. the horse does have to follow the rider right. at, at all times. So in the past, that was get the saddle on, get on, ride it through the bucking part of it, and then maybe you've got a horse that's going to cooperate to do some things for you. Now, when we think about having uh, starting horses, we want the horse to have um, more comfort in the process of becoming an animal that would follow a human on its back. So there is a collaboration, but it does still need to be me as the as the leader and them as the follower. Uh, horses always have, there's always a hierarchy. They always right. need to find it. Right. So the times when people get in trouble is when the horse is the leader and the, the rider is the passenger. And that is never a good, you can never really get um, into, you, you can get into a lot of trouble then. Yeah. When, you, when it ends up being that unbalanced. As a, as a novice rider, when I do my, you know, once or twice annual trail rides, kind of, you know, the horse is going to lead you back to the trough because right. he wants to go back and he's... So there are many different disciplines to horseback riding. There's hunter-jumper and western and yourself in the um, natural horsemanship style, um, dressage. Are, are all horses equipped for, for all different styles or can you kind of say, hey, this would be a good dressage horse or this would be a good carriage horse or... Right. Yes, um, there's a lot of different types of horses out there, and most horses can do a little bit of of things that are outside their wheelhouse. Um, for instance, you you might not want a quarter horse to go to be a grand pre jumper. Mm -hmm. Maybe some could, but mm -hmm. um, most of the time you're going to look for a horse that is really equipped for that discipline, mm -hmm. and uh, and and train that particular horse for that discipline. Not to say that that even a, a, a you know, an Arab or something that's not really a, a, a considered a jumping horse couldn't be a good jumper. Mm -hmm. It would just be uh, less um, less likely that they would be as successful as somebody might want them to be in, in a particular discipline. Mm -hmm. So there is, with all the different breeds, they are bred to do certain things mm -hmm. uh, in the world, you know, besides just, um, you know, being your trail horse. Right. Every, every discipline has sort of a, a thing that works well for that horse. In that right. Discipline. So the size of the horse, the natural speed of the horse would uh, yeah, the would bread dictate. dictate what discipline it's going right. gonna to go to. Right. To a degree. Yeah. Okay. And with the natural horsemanship style, what, what is the horse doing when, once it's trained? What's, what's kind of the... Um, you know, they, they might do a, a wide range of things. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people that ride in this style are um, ranching people that want to um, use their horses for a job on a ranch. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they're um, branding or mm -hmm. sorting cattle. Mm -hmm. um, some people like to show the natural horsemanship style is uh, now becoming very prominent in the show world where mm. they're having ranch horse versatility classes where a lot of this style of riding is, is um, very adaptable into that style of, of um, showmanship and horsemanship uh, into the show world. But um, 
you can do just about anything. You can train a horse in this style, and he could be your trail horse for, <laughs> and 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 only your trail horse. Mm -hmm. Or you, you might you know want to do um, you might want to teach that horse to be a lesson horse, or mm -hmm. have you know pack your family around so that you can do just about anything with this style of riding and the horse can translate easily into other disciplines from this style of riding it's just um, you see mostly people stay in the Western um, uh, discipline with natural horsemanship style starts okay and then who who are your who are your clients um, I have a variety of people that uh, a lot of people come to me with horses that um, they are having a difficult time with. Mm -hmm. um, they might have purchased a horse that they is above their skill level. Mm -hmm. uh, I do quite a lot of, of that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Some people just want to learn to be a better rider for the horse that they have. Mm -hmm. So I do quite a lot of um, lessons, horse and rider mm -hmm. lessons. I don't carry a string of lesson horses. I, I usually work with somebody and their horse, or mm -hmm. they bring their horse to me, and mm -hmm. then I I help them. I help the horse first, kind of get right, and I help the ho the the horse's owner ride the horse in a better way. Okay, um, Buck Brenneman. I was reading about him, kind of a leader pioneer in the natural horsemanship style. Right. Um, who who is he to so, the industry? Um, Buck Brenneman's been on the on the scene for uh, the natural horsemanship world for thirty plus years. Mm -hmm. Ray um, Hunt and Tom Dorrance were the people that really kind of brought this style of riding to the public at first and um, Buck learned from Ray Hunt um, but um, Ray and Tom are gone now and mm -hmm. so Buck has carried on their legacy of um, teaching people this style of riding to all over the country. You can um, see his he has clinics all over the all over the world and he's um, He's been doing it uh, long enough that he's become quite a master. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I read about um, Buck Brenneman, um, having watched the movie The Horse Whisperer, he said, a lot of times I'm not helping people with horse problems, I'm helping horses with people problems. Mm -hmm. I thought that was an interesting right. comment. It's a very accurate statement. Mm -hmm. um, it is something that uh, we see a, a lot of in this industry, in the horse world in, in, in general. Um, it's the horses aren't really a um, mechanical, you know, thing. They are a, uh, they have a living, breathing idea of, mm -hmm. you know, they're a sentient being. They, they, they have feelings, and that's not really taken into account uh, all the time. Mm -hmm. With um, people, when they get a new horse, they um, might be offensive to that horse. So mm. the only thing that horse can do in that situation is defend. Mm. So. Um, so, and of course, if, if uh, a horse is, is defensive and aggressive, then, then a person might react in kind. Mm. So uh, that relationship becomes difficult for the horse, and um, then that horse might really not uh, perform the way that person would want. Mm -hmm. So that kind of spirals out of control, and it ends up being really about the person, mm. and not about the horse. The horse is responding to that um, information from that human so many times people um, can bring me a horse that I can do many things on that they cannot because I don't have an idea of that horse the same way they do mm. so I can help that horse just relax about what we're asking it to do and then I can teach the person to ride in the same way that allows that horse to relax about how they're responding to them to the animal so most of the time it's just the 
people don't understand how the horse works, what they're looking for, how how the body language of the horse is um, is what they're missing in that body language that could help them uh, know what's going to happen. So Ray Hunt used to always say, "Know what happens before what happens happens." So and that used to confuse a lot of people, but mm -hmm. um, but basically that was just saying, you know, things went wrong, and you didn't catch on to it in time and maybe it didn't end well for you and your horse so that's all because of the human mm -hmm. the horse was telling you and telling you and telling right. you and the person didn't catch on and didn't know what to look for so that's why it becomes a people problem because they're not listening to the horse you know you can see it in a dog yeah. a dog will growl at you or lower its head and you can watch the eyes and you can see that well these things are getting a little dicey and that dog might bite me mm -hmm. the horses you wouldn't really catch on to that you really have to know what to look for and what mm -hmm. to feel and, and then you would know that, that something was going to go wrong so the sooner that people figure that out which is not a not something that most people want to hear when they bring you the horse they'd ride they'd like you to fix the horse and then they can ride it but it really is about the team the, mm -hmm. the, the, it's a dance. Mm -hmm. You get up onto the horse, and those legs are an extension of you. So it's not just um, pull and kick the, the horse. The horse has to really be invested in following you. Interesting. So the owner has a preconceived notion about what they want this animal to do, and they get frustrated, and they don't know what they're doing, and it yes. just kind of snowballs, and then they need an expert like yourself to... Correct help them right the wrong that they, that created. they created right yeah and sometimes that's uh that's a long haul mm -hmm. sometimes it changes very quickly usually with the horse changes really quickly they just uh, will adapt very immediately they, they tend to live right in that moment what's happening to them that mm -hmm. day mm -hmm. but humans have a lot of um, baggage and a lot of muscle memory issues and um, so it takes the humans the people and the rider a lot longer to change their ways so uh, many times people will come to ride and then they get up in the saddle and they, they, um, they I'll, t I'll tell them something like, oh, don't drop your hand. And, and then they, their hand, you know, they, their hand goes down like, oh, drop your hand. Oh, I didn't even know I was doing that, they'll say to me. Interesting. And so the, there's just that dynamic going on with the people because we have a lot that's going on in a daily basis that once you get up onto a horse, all that has to go away and it has to be focused on what you're doing there and learning how to react with that horse a little better. Interesting. And I would imagine that the different disciplines, I mean, if the horse is an extension of you, you're riding the horse completely different with each of the different disciplines, right? right. I mean, I can't get on and if I'm a dressage person, I can't then all of a sudden switch into Western, right? right? I mean, you're yeah. kind of training yourself at the same time you're training the horse. So mm -hmm. if, there's, if, if the horse is an extension of you, right then all of those little idiosyncrasies have to be brought into, into play. Right, absolutely. Yeah, maybe some of the top riders in the, in the world can switch around between mm. the disciplines pretty uh, smoothly, mm -hmm. but the average rider would have a hard time um, maybe riding a high-level dressage horse. You know? uh, maybe someone that's riding dressage would have an easy time going into the Western world and trail riding, mm -hmm. but maybe doing some of the things that we do on a higher level in our discipline would be something that it, they'd be unfamiliar with. So it, it is a little bit trickier to, just to uh, transition from one discipline to the other. So what's one of the more memorable stories about uh, training that you've, that you've had? <laughs> um, the one that comes to mind is the 
the horse that brought me to Buck Brandman in the in the first place. I had a, a horse when I lived up in Santa Barbara, and I I, um, I knew he was pretty trained in the in a in a discipline uh, in jumping discipline. He was a show horse before, and I thought I had a pretty good handle on him. But I was out uh, riding, and I had to cross the street, and he was afraid to step over the yellow line wow. on the on the street. And um, cars were backing up uh, both directions, and um, there was, and he wouldn't move. He wouldn't go forward. He wouldn't go backwards. And I thought, I have no control over getting this horse to do anything unless I get off of his back, and uh, which is what I had to do. Uh, and and luckily, in that um, in that lineup of cars was a, a friend of mine who kind of saw the whole thing, and um, she said, "You got to go." you got to go work with this guy. He's going to come into the area, and uh, his name's Buck Branneman. And I thought, well, all right, I'll go check him out, you know. And so when I went and, uh, and watched, that's when I realized I really didn't have um, that horse as trained as I thought I had him, as, as willing as um, a partner as I, as I thought I, I had him under, under control. But I didn't. So, um, so I worked uh, very hard on that horse to try and get him to... Um, to get to that level where we he could go anywhere or do mm -hmm. anything with me and, and he, that he wouldn't hesitate he wouldn't take over at that moment and that's what kind of brought me into the into this world and this style of riding was from then on interesting and what what one little trick or was there one thing that helped that horse get over that get over that yellow line um at that at that very moment no mm -hmm. um it was just get off and start to haul him away but um but in the long run it came down to getting that horse to follow me better uh, when I was not in the saddle. So um, we call it groundwork. Mm -hmm. So working the horse um, on the ground uh, out of the saddle so that when I got in, he was more willing to follow me once I was sitting on his back. Interesting. So how do f folks find good trainers such as yourself? If you were to, you know, is there a central place for recommendations or... Um, word of mouth or you know there, there's not really a um, like natural horsemanship trainer website that you mm -hmm. can go to a lot of it is word of mouth mm -hmm. it's, uh, the vast majority of it is word of mouth I, I guess if you went to the Buck Brandeman website um, you could see all the people that sponsored his clinics mm -hmm. and that would be a good place to start where you could call somebody that was in your area in your state mm -hmm. and those people would know um, uh, people that were t that were uh, trainers in this style maybe in your area Okay, great. So I heard a little bit about you. I heard that you started riding horses through your neighborhood, d delivering newspapers. Right. Yes. When I was um, young, my parents bought my sister and I um, a, a little horse, and um, at the time I had a paper route. So um, of course I had to exercise my horse and get my papers delivered. So um, so I would take my horse down and deliver papers through the streets of Santa Barbara, and um, uh, I, I did that for year or so when I was a young, young girl. And Very. I've ridden ever since. Very cool. So Chris Sabenis, thank you so much for being on this edition of Farm Talk. We greatly appreciate you being on our show. Thank you. And uh, be sure to tune in for the next edition of Farm Talk. You can find us on Apple, uh, Amazon, uh, of course, YouTube, and uh, wherever you find your podcasts.